Welcome to Pastor Bill's Classroom. We are in our study of the Corinthian Letters, Lesson 65, entitled, Concluding Remarks. Hello, welcome back to our midweek study. We are in the book of 1 Corinthians, actually finishing uh, 1 Corinthians today. We'll be launching into 2 Corinthians in our next uh, meeting together. But uh, finishing, we're in the last chapter, therefore, chapter 16. We're going to be in verses 13 and 14, Paul making some concluding remarks. And we're going to be bidding a fond farewell to our study with Paul's final words here to this church. Uh, he spends the majority of his letter either correcting or rebuking the Corinthian church. And so we're going to see he ends with an exhortation. So uh, find your way there, chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. But let's begin uh, with a word of prayer. God, we just want to say that we trust you and uh, that your word in us is what changes us. It is your spirit, God, that moves us and uh, shapes us into what we are supposed to be. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for being faithful to us. Thank you for loving us, God, and we want to, we want to love you more, uh, more and more. I pray that you would create that within us as we study your word today. I bless this time, those who hear, Lord, in their churches or in their lives, their families, God, whatever, whatever circumstance they may find this in. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14, we are going to conclude, like I said, uh, Paul is now going to give them, uh, concludes with an exhortation. Let's consider uh, this interesting uh, exhortation that, that he lays on them here in uh, chapter 16. Be on the alert. Here's his final words, his final commands, if you will. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Like, that's interesting. So what if you're a woman? What do you do? Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. And so he's basically you know, barking out some commands here, very strong words, uh, military overtones, I think, to uh, a large extent for sure. Only 12 Greek words. Uh, he uses in this process, and he's almost effectively saying, come on, Corinthians, this isn't a, uh, a Sunday school picnic. Uh, we're in a war. Wake up. Be on the alert. Get ready. Be prepared. And it's uh, a similar tone. He concludes actually another book that he writes in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6. Look, some of his concluding remarks to that church. This is Ephesians uh, 6, 10 through 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. In the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able, again, this is no Sunday school picnic, you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Wow, what a statement. Do you believe him that, that this is true? We wrestle against some unseen things, if you will. Uh, so if you did, did you therefore start today on your knees for yourself, praying, and for those that you know? Did you? Spend time early on polishing the sword of his word so that you can use it deftly in the battle that we're in every single day? Uh, 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 put on the whole armor of God as he, as he encourages us there because you know that what was really going on uh, the, the stuff that's happening around us is, 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 is that kind of thing. And, and therefore, what really matters is that we be ready for it. We demonstrate what we believe by what we do, don't we? So, so we say we believe this stuff, but it is, 
does it reflect in what we do? Or are we distracted? Are we the exact opposite of what he's telling us here? We're not alert. And we're not sober. We're not uh, really prepared. And those who hold to a practice uh, with sobriety, this, these commands and these verses here in Ephesians are often labeled as fundamentalist, uh, spotting a demon behind every rock. And I would say, um, I'd give you an illustration from the Old Testament. I found it interesting, sort of un- speaking of unprepared and unable to see the circumstances. So David travels down the valley of Elah to visit his brothers, who, along with Saul and the army of Israel, are fighting against the Philistines. When he gets down there, he finds out the whole battle, the entire army of Israel has been held up by one man by the name of Goliath. And for a span of 40 days, he's been holding them at bay, every day coming out and challenging uh, the ranks of Israel. Send out a man to fight me. And David hears his challenge. And he's a young, young man, young, really, boy, because uh, he's not able to go with the army. Uh, but he says an interesting thing. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? See, he recognizes something that apparently no one else, including Saul, is recognizing. This is not right. This is, this is something that has to be dealt with. And his brother, who is an incen- older brother, incensed with his zeal, if you will, chastises him, if, you, if you'll remember. And uh, David turns around to his brother and says something I think is important. He says to them, is there not a cause? So, uh, you're, you, know, you're, you don't know what you're talking about, David. You, you're down here just doing stuff, and you're just in here to spy on us. And, and uh, David says, is there not a cause to take care of this? This is ridiculous. Is there not a cause? It's the same thing that I would say to those who say, well, uh, you can't take this stuff too literally about the whole of the demons and stuff like that. And I would say, is there not a cause? What have you been doing? You're not paying attention to what's really going on around us here? Is this a time to be spiritually lazy and unprepared, doing little of anything, the battle that's around us? Shouldn't we be awake? Shouldn't we be ready? The Goliath of the world has defined the ranks of God's army today, and we're doing nothing? Is there not a cause? So Paul exhorts us to action, to readiness. And uh, we can classify believers into three categories. Category number one, those who make things happen. Category number two, those who watch things happen. Category number three, those who don't know what's happening. And, and I find this category to be the largest. People just really don't know. They're not paying attention. They're distracted. Because uh, if, if they really understood what was going on, they'd be living differently. Their focus would be different, for sure. So, so let's listen as Paul exhorts us uh, to battle here in verse 13 again. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. It's like here, here comes the enemy. You need to be ready. And if you're not ready, well then something's not right. Be spiritually awake. It's easy to get spiritually asleep. Consider his, again, ter- similar terms we find throughout the New Testament as, as we find here in Ephesians. Look, First uh, Peter chapter 5, be sober, be vigilant. Again, sounds like a military, because it is. This is a war. It's not a Sunday school picnic. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, there you go, you're on the front lines. The devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom 
he may devour. Here's a similar term in Ephesians 6. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication uh, for all the saints, being watchful, being sober, being vigilant, being careful, because, uh, because. So we need to be watchful and awake about the devil and his schemes. And his schemes kind of work like the man who was trying to resist eating the Halloween candy. It was Halloween season, and he had a candy addiction, and he's just like, you know, I can't get near that candy. I'm going to have to go some other direction. I'm not going to eat that candy. I'm not going to eat that candy. And so he said this to himself. He says, I will take a drive, but I will not go near the grocery store. And he thought for a minute, well, that's a little over the top. I, I will take a drive by the grocery store, but I will not go in. And he thought, and he came back and says, well, I will go to the store, but I will not walk down the aisle where the Halloween candy is. And he stopped, thought a little longer. I will look at the candy, but I will not pick it up. And he thought for a little while, see where this is going. Thought for a little while, I will pick up the candy, but I will not buy it. A little while later, I will buy it, but I will not open it. A little later, I will open it, but I will not smell it. <laughs> a little later, I'll smell it, but not taste it. A little later, I'll taste it, but not eat it. Right. And then, well, what happens after that? Unchecked thoughts. Yeah, they become a freight train you can't stop. And these are the devil's, one a great example of the devil's schemes. So we need to be awake uh, to what he's doing. Awake, among other things, to biblical, the slide of biblical doctrine. Uh, here's uh, Paul's exhortation to Timothy. For the time will come, 2 Timothy, by the way, chapter uh, 4, verses 3 through 5. For, for the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine. That time is here. People don't like it. Wanting to have their ears tickled. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desire. So you, you continue to want something false, you'll find somebody that teaches that. And that's what he says they'll do. They will turn their ears away from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But as for you, use self-restraint in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Use self-restraint. Literally, keep your head. Keep your head. Keep, keep, your, keep your focus. Make sure you're sober. Make sure you're awake. Make sure you have your, your head on correctly. So, so, so let's be awake, as Paul exhorts us uh, into battle. Let's be awake. And the second thing he says is stand fast in the faith. Conquering new ground is not necessary, because God's already conquered all the ground. Our job is to stand uh, the, the, the armor that we read there in Ephesians is, is armor that covers the, the front of you. They're, they're, it's armor to, to stand your ground. The purpose of it is to stand the ground that God has already conquered there, is according to Ephesians 6. The, the temptation in battle, of course, is to run, but notice the armor. There's no armor for the back of you. Uh, here, here, here's the armor, uh, Ephesians 6. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist the evil day and having done everything, notice, to Stand firm. Stand. There's not no ground to be conquered because God's already conquered all of it through the death of His Son, Jesus Christ. 
but for us to stand firm. There's not a Bible to be written. It's already been written. It's for us to stand firm and hold on to it. It's, it's, we, we hold our place. We've been called to hold our place and to do the things that God has called us to do. We're, we're standing in our faith. Either we're standing or giving ground. Which is it? I mean, is sin still sin? Or have we turned it into something else? Is it some kind of disorder? Some kind of problem? And not what the Bible calls it. Have to be careful. Stand fast in the faith. And the third thing he says, be brave. The, quick, the King James says, quit you like men. And the Greek says literally, play the man. This is not gender specific. Like we said before, this. what about the ladies? How do you play like a man? He's just simply saying, as, as, have an attitude among ourselves, no matter what the gender, as men going into battle. Ready to die. Ready to work. Ready to serve. Ready to be. Ready to go. Uh, mature about what's about to happen and what is happening. Again, the underscoring of maturity we see here in Ephesians uh, chapter uh, 4, verses 11 through 15 is more probably than you can see on your screen there, but uh, there it is. For the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, whether you're a man or woman, again, it's, it's this maturity for, for battle. To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ, and as a result, we are no longer children. So that's the difference. So mature as opposed to childlike. Childlike in our actions, childlike in our thinking. As a result, we'll no longer be children tossed here and there by waves of carried about by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are growing. We are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, namely, or that is Christ. So we're growing up in every aspect of Him to be mature. To, as Paul says, act like men, whether we're men or not. Act like men. Be mature. And then a fourth thing. Be strong. It's a passive voice, actually. Be strengthened. In other words, it happens to you. Be strengthened in the Lord. How, how am I strengthened? Well, it, it means I'm dependent upon Him. I'm, here's uh, 2 Timothy 2. Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So it's in Christ. It's in Christ. So I'm going to Jesus for this. It's something that's happening to me. I'm allowing it to happen because, because I'm submitting myself to him and I'm allowing his spirit to fill me. And he's, he's working that strength out in me. But when I don't go to him, when we don't go, what does it say? It says we're pretty convinced that we can make it without him. And uh, that is how you lose, to be sure. So be strong. Be brave. And then a fifth thing, final thing. Do everything he says there, we're in 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 16, verse 14. Do everything, do everything in love. Not just with love, but in love. It's like the atmosphere uh, that we breathe. It's like a, a mask that we wear that filters out everything. And remember, uh, if you recall your history, First World War, uh, they fought a lot of that war with gases, chlorine gas and mustard gas, and you had as a part of your equipment this gas mask that you had to wear, put it on your face. And so unless you breathe through that gas mask, you could be killed or, or severely injured. Likewise, if you think of love as our gas mask, 
Without it, we breathe in all these noxious fumes, anger, bitterness, uh, unforgiveness, the, the, the way and thinking of the world. We have to breathe in. Love covers over a multitude of sins. And do all these things, he says, in love. Love for God, first of all. Love for our fellow man. Love. And we, it's a strange battle, isn't it? You don't think of a battle as being fought in love, but that is exactly the, fight, the battle that we're fighting. Without it, we're nothing. We get wiped out. So are you awake as a soldier? Are you awake to the battle? Again, Paul concludes these final words he's making to the Corinthian church as if he may not be speaking to them again. Be awake, be sober, be ready. Do all, you think, all the things that you do in love. Be brave. Stand firm. These are great commands. Are we standing firm? Are we growing to maturity in the faith? Let's pray together. God, we thank you for these exhortations. Thank you, God, that we find in them such, such great things to wake us up, and we need it. We need to be awakened. We need to be refreshed. We need to be reminded what's really going on around us. The, the world uh, causes us to forget our armor, causes us to forget and be distracted about what's going on, and we're uh, focused, our eyes are focused down too low. We should be looking up and knowing that you're in charge and knowing that you're calling us and that you're enabling us, and this is a huge battle in the world that, that persecuted and killed our Savior is a world uh, that we're up against, and we come at them just like you did in love. Thank you so much, Lord, for speaking to us. Thank you for uh, the Corinthian letters, God, this first Corinthian letter that Paul writes and uh, the great things we've been able to learn from it these, uh, this past year, a little over a year together. Thank you, God. We pray your blessings as we step off into the next letter that he writes to this church. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for visiting. Find us at www.islandbaptistchurch.org.